Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. A wise man once said, one man's junk is another man's treasure. And yes, I did mean it like that. Hey there, Z Nation fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Z Nation After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are breaking down Season 5, Episode 10, State of Mind. We're going to be talking all about this fun episode. And guys, we're about to have a grand old time. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz I love it so much. It's taking me right back to the early 90s. Oh, man, this was such a good choice. Good job. So for those of you who don't know or haven't placed it, the song is called uh, Lithium. By Nirvana. I love it. How much of this song do you guys think is just the word, yeah, like 70%? 40%. Oh, yeah, 40%. Yeah, 40 to 50. That's a fair estimate, for It's sure. also a matter of whether you go by word count or by length in the song, number of seconds. Well, True. I just adore that all this time Nirvana knew what the secret ingredient was. They had it right! <laughs> they were so wise. They were really, fun, like, way ahead of their time. Yep. Anyway, hey there, Z Nation fans! Welcome back to the Z Nation After Show. I'm Megan Salinas. Let me go ahead and introduce my fantastic panel. To my left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. To her left, Michelle Cullen. Hello, what's up? Uh, we are going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVZNation. Uh, and Katie's got you guys covered on the live chat. For those of you watching live, hi everyone, we love you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, ladies, we have a very, very interesting episode to talk about tonight. Uh, this, I love it when Z Nation goes for more sort of atmospheric scares. So this one was such an interesting sort of structure to the episode because it was all building up to the big reveal of this one talker, and yet the the preview from last week completely spoiled what the talker was going to look like. Yeah, last week they were advertising it as almost like, oh my god, there's going to be mechanical talkers. We're doing it's like a Terminator episode. It's cyborgs. It's going to be awesome. No, it's a creeping horror movie is what this is meant to be. So the advertising, it's like, we have 30 seconds, let's spoil the last five minutes of the episode. And when you're kind of leaning on a big reveal, you don't want to do that in your advertising. No. I don't know. I kind of think what they were going for with the marketing is they wanted you to focus on this talker so that you focus less on the lithium and and what Estes is doing with it. It's kind of that fear of the unknown versus fear of what's in front of you and as scary as shit. But in <laughs> advertising, like, we had so many different lines of, don't go down there, no one comes back. Like, you want to advertise that what you have is basically a 52-minute horror movie? Use the lines, use the blood spatter, use the someone went down into there and never came back. Use use the talker with the slit throat saying, don't come down there, no one comes back. Like, there are ways to advertise a horror movie, especially with the footage that they have here. They have so many great 
creepy moments, especially when you have a, how long are the stingers, 15, 20 seconds? And instead they choose to go for spoilers and advertise it like a Terminator movie. And that's two very, very different things. And I find that knowing what was down there and what was killing people the whole time was just kind of like, okay, when are they going to show it? Wait, not to the last five minutes. I think it ruined the surprise. I don't know. I kind of think that it wasn't necessarily meant to be a horror movie. I think it's meant to show the horrors of humanity and what people will do to other people, even if they're talkers. True. As, <clears throat> as somebody who works uh, promo adjacent in my day job. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a way to put it. I like that. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes the creative teams that are putting together the promos are not at all on the same page as the people who are working on the creative side of the show itself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you don't have a lot of time to work with. A lot of times there are particular actors or aspects of the episode that you want to lean on. And for It Makes Sense... To, to their credit, it makes sense for a, sci, a show on the sci-fi channel to lean into something, you know, because Terminator is, it has horrific elements, but it is considered a sci-fi classic. So it makes sense for a show on sci-fi to advertise a particular episode as being reminiscent of a sci-fi classic. So fair point to the to the promos team. Personally, I would have preferred to not see the monster until the end, but you got to do what you got to do promo-wise. But um, spoilers aside, what did we think of this uh, this particular episode? Because there's a lot to unpack here. I did enjoy it. Like I, again, I think knowing the whole time definitely colored my expectations of this episode. But that said, it was very well written, very well acted, very well edited. Holy cow, this was just great. And I think even showing the monster or the the talker who turned himself into a cyborg to survive, um, there were still elements of surprise when, when the guy discovered at the very beginning that biting into the battery made him feel more alive and human again. Um, and started to lead a revolt. I was like, oh, this is going to go in a cool direction. And then his head was chopped off his body. And I was like, nope, nope, that was wrong. I Marcus, was wrong no. <laughs> so there were still enough twists and turns. Warren falling down the hole, just Warren's lines in general are great. Um, Warren had some good lines this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still stand by, I think the focus was to distract us from the scary reality that we were learning about Estes and Numerica and what the hell are they doing with the lithium. I think that's a fair point. Um, for for me, I did have my expectations subverted because I did think it was going to be a sort of campier episode. And there are some, you know, this season has had its fair share of Looney Tune moments. And there were a couple Looney Tune moments thrown in there. But for the most part, this was a very somber quiet, you know, with the creeping terror aspect, but also a dark reflection of humanity. Uh, Which, is it a dark reflection of humanity, or is it just how humanity is? Well, let's talk about who was leading the charge of talkers. (laughs) Okay, before we do that, really, really quick, uh, we have a quick announcement for you guys, uh, for all of you guys watching us here on the AfterBuzz TV Sci-Fi channel. 
Hey, After Buzzers. Our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be, because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel, and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments, and we'll thank you on air. For now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV Talk. Highly recommend the animation channel for you guys who haven't checked that out yet. So Voltron's coming back. <laughs> well, guys. Shall call Voltron. Yeah, no big deal. Um, so, guys, yes, let's getting back to this cold open. Michelle, you were extremely excited to talk about this uh, from the moment we walked in the door. And I also want to point out, Michelle was the only one out of the three of us that picked up on this. So it's fake well, Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> Is that his legal name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I believe it's uh, Rick Rivera or Rico Rivera. I'm so sorry, sir. You are fantastic. But fake Mandy Patinka. <laughs> <laughs> he does very well. You might recognize him from season one, episode three, I believe, where he eats people. Yeah. It, from the Campbell episode. I'm getting episode. very emotional. I'm sorry. Um, I just... Yeah. We we were talking, you know, a couple episodes ago when we were doing Duck Stoned History about, you know, some of the reoccurring actors in Z Nation. And, you know, one of the actors who had gotten to be an Abe Lincoln zombie came back as Abe Lincoln. And, yeah, sure enough, here we have another example of they, reoccurring casting. Yeah, he's not coming back as someone else. I checked IMDb. <laughs> he's just back as Tobias. We didn't see him die. We just heard screams. And we all made the wrong assumption. Four seasons back. Did they really Dang, have really? him? Yep. Did they really have <laughs> It's on IMDb oh as God. Tobias Campbell. He did not die. He is fine. He is working for Estes. I'm still not even sure if he died this time because he did not reanimate after his arm was chopped off. Holy cow. He might have reanimated and run away. No, he like, was still was on the him? ground. Oh. But, like, we've left him to die before. What? I'm like, waiting for Emilio Rivera to come back now. <laughs> His eye opened as like a cat eye, and then it was the end. I don't know. I don't trust that he's anything. just running around the apocalypse doing whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> he's a cat zombie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to the black rain, anything is possible. <laughs> but I, I do love that they brought this actor back because he's very he he played a very different type of villain the first time we saw him. He was that creepy cult leader that was like leaning into you're a part of our family you can't leave and have some meat and I will always be impressed that you know Z Nation got to cannibalism about three episodes in Mm -hmm. whereas it took The Walking Dead four seasons to get there (laughs) well The Walking Dead had a little less apocalypse in its prologue yeah I just I'm frustrated that they didn't use that more. I know it's been eight years in the apocalypse for these people, and granted they've been on a lot of missions, but just any faint recognition between the characters would have been so powerful to me and appreciated. No dialogue needed, just a you look familiar. <laughs> have we met before? Absolutely not. <laughs> That is the point where I have to wonder if I did IMDb list for two separate episodes for that part. Yep. Same, yeah. Dang, four years apart. Dang, that's incredible. So yeah, Tobias is alive, and JD McKee confirmed it on Twitter. 
Okay. That is crazy. That's bonkers. That is absolutely insane that nobody in the show acknowledged. That's bonkers. I'm terrible at names today. I don't know. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's I think st- Jason. I think it is Jason. I'm sorry, Jason. It's still insane that what nobody in the show it? acknowledged the creepy cult leader made a comeback. Well, and it, it kind of it makes sense that he would be the consummate survivor. He probably forfeited all the people still alive hanging from there and managed to escape out the back. Lost his entire family, and of course was attracted to Estes and Zona, and for sure, a it's different an, type of evil. It's another I, cult structure. I would imagine that uh, Addie and Cassandra would have been the people to recognize him, having spent the most time with him, and neither of them were there. Addie because she's off helping the talkers, and Cassandra because she's off this mortal coil. Well, Doc should have recognized him to a point because Doc is the one who zapped him. Cassandra zapped True. him, and then Doc also zapped him, and then they, it was kind of a joint effort. I, I will give our our characters the benefit of the doubt they've seen a lot of yeah. stuff to the point where cannibalism cult kind of seems run of the mill at this point a couple of them have technically died a couple times <laughs> was back. that back in Pennsylvania Pennsylvania was years ago they were nowhere near the Grand Canyon though. <laughs> nope not at all yep. don't know a thing about that still um, nowhere near the Grand Canyon to buy Tobias aside, um, we get this cold open where uh, a talker consumes uh, a battery and you see the recognition um, return to his eyes. And he immediately formulates a plan to start a revolution, essentially. And it does not quite go as planned. Because even though he succeeds in being able to overpower their suppressors, he makes the mistake of running headfirst into the mine to go and free whatever talkers are down there. Because they don't know what's going on down there. People go down, they never come back out. Yep. So he goes down there with the best of intentions and then gets decapitated and his head gets thrown back out and this is so horrific because as a talker he's still alive like that's freaking terrible i just love that we'll all do it together runs in alone like yeah nobody honey, no. nobody followed him <laughs> no like, we didn't discuss this <laughs> like wait a minute wait a minute this was not huh. part of the plan well not not to mention that like because pandora has also been sort of running around from point a to point b i as he's making this big speech i kept expecting him to get shot in the head like as he's trying to rally everyone to his cause so the scene definitely you know from the out right out of the gate the scene did not go the way i expected it I expected him to die. Did not see it coming that way. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he'd live a little longer. I was hoping, I was hoping he, would. he would. I was very fond of him in the, you know, 95 seconds we got to see of him. Just that cute new side character talker to lead the revolution. Nope. And there he goes. <laughs> Again. And he's Bye, gone. Marcus. And Bye. I did love the have mercy right before we go good. into the theme. Yeah. That was pretty great. And um, it's just like going from his eye to the other eye. And I'm like, no, the other eye is definitely in the no. <laughs> so we we cut back to our our characters coming across this scrapyard. And yeah, sure enough, uh, the, the sort of foreshadowing about the demons with sharp teeth and claws, uh, you know, that mystery sort of gets put to bed very quickly when they see the claw. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that this claw is, it's remote controlled. 
which is just hysterical to me. Like, oh no, the command center's in this vaguely fortified area. <laughs> it's fun that way. Yeah. It's like a video game. It is. You need entertainment in the apocalypse. <laughs> and occasionally you accidentally pick up a talker and then toss him 30 feet. Whoops. My bad. <laughs> Whoopsie. That was probably, that's what I was, when I, when I talk about like Looney Tunes moments, that was absolutely like a Looney Tune moment. Uh, Doc and 10K, can I, I, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Doc and 10K um, because let's split up gang, it always happens, and Doc and 10K sort of have like a shaggy Scooby sort of, you know. <laughs> 10K is such a good straight man and that has become so incredibly expressive in his acting. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, those facial expressions. They play off each other so, so well. And it's amazing to watch Nat as an actor grow over these five years. Yep. Yeah. Because he started out as a kid who was so, you know, introverted. He didn't know how to interact with other people. And then, yeah, now he's quipping with everybody else. And he seems to have, um, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with now he feels useful again because he has the ability to shoot once more. Yeah. Well, yep. <laughs> just like, and scene. And yep. scene. And we're done. Good night, everybody. <laughs> but as funny and comical as these two are, we did have a little bit of what I think might be the most nihilistic statement in all of Z Nation. Uh, because as they're hiding, you know, trying to get from point A to point B, uh, they make, you know, Doc makes the point of saying, one day, this is all that's going to be left of us is plastic bottles in the ocean and like and you know 10k goes yeah but we'll all be dead so who cares and dog doesn't really have a good argument against that because it's the apocalypse man it's like 10K. Wally. <laughs> 10k was also raised in the woods and the apocalypse happened while he was like we meet him when he's like what 18 and it's been five years yeah he's uh yeah that's Slightly true. different viewpoint. The apocalypse has been literally half his life at this point. We're eight years in. Yep. The like more than eight years in. How many years? Because <laughs> we had five years of apocalypse before the series started. Three yeah? years. Three, Three years. years. Oh <laughs> God, bless my math. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's hard. It's easy to mix them up. So, because we're in season five. I keep saying, never do math on camera, and then I keep doing it. (laughs) So it's been nine years? Thereabouts. Maybe, yeah. Because it was like three years when the series started, and now we're in season five, and each season is approximately a year. And we've had a time skip. There was a two-year time skip. There was, yeah. Math is hard. So, (laughs) a little less than half his life. (laughs) So... Uh, to to get back to this though, uh, this I really do want to drill down on this because this season has been so much more politically charged than a lot of the other seasons that came before it. And so, anytime we're making a statement about the world that we live in right now, you know, normally Z Nation has sort of a, a sort of a message to sort of at least with the way this season is going. They have a message that they want to uh, that they want to put into the the script, and it was just so odd to me that this ended on such a nihilistic note. Whereas other points, other other sort of commentary this season, it goes like, "Well, no, we need to change this and all come together." But this was just a very flippant, "Yeah, who cares?" I don't 
know. Yep. She was, it's funny because this was written long before the report came out that said we're all doomed <laughs> in 10 years. So <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe they just knew what was going to happen before everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the water changed colors up in Spokane. <laughs> they just saw the signs before us. <laughs> They're like, yeah, this isn't great. It's like, this is a... Uh... Z Nation Science says this is not promising. Speaking of, I, I wanted to ask if you guys thought that because, like, I'm think I was trying to think of like what other episodes took place at like a junkyard or or something like that. And there was that car lot episode that yeah. Keith, in the, in the episode that Keith directed last season. Yeah. Do you think it's the same place? No, Mm-mm. car lot and junkyard are two different things. That's like true. that car lot was essentially the world's biggest traffic jam. And this was very much a full-on junkyard. That's yeah. fair. I think they might have actually found a recycling center because having those rectangles of cans and bottles mm-hmm. already boxed up, like, I don't think you'd pay to have that prop. I think you would go to where that prop lives. I could <laughs> yeah. be totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. But even just, like, the in-character location. Well, and also, this is Canada. Then the true. other thing was, like, what was it, on the five? <laughs> <laughs> Regional humor. But yeah. If it wasn't the five, it sure felt like the five. If it wasn't the five, it was the 405. Yep. I'm getting PTSD flashbacks from every day that I have to drive the 405. I was going to say from like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it stopped. It stopped at the big one. Come on now. Uh, do I have to say the 405 again to get that scary? Wait, the, 405. the 405. The 405. Oh, there's the other half of it. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, Thank where you, were Steve. we? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about nihilism in our characters. Yes. I, to be fair, I feel like nihilism would be a much more popular way of viewing the world in the apocalypse. Absolutely. And it's a very it's a very good point that he spent half his life living in the apocalypse, whereas Doc had much more time as Stephen Beck, the respected professional who dallied in, in substances prior to the apocalypse yeah. <laughs> um, he had a substantial portion of normal life and mm-hmm. and so he still has those ethical dilemmas within himself whereas um 10k i was like net 10k <laughs> not only was a survivalist but again almost nine ten years in the apocalypse he's yeah 10k the horrifying pragmatist our problems are our problems and those are not our problems it's almost like a hippie baby boomer was talking to a, a disenfranchised millennial. <laughs> I'd like to say that millennials are a little more on the pulse of the environment than the average baby boomer. That's true. Generally yeah. speaking. But Doc has always been, he's always been an optimist and an idealist and obviously a very empathetic person that wants the best for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and a bit of a hippie as... <laughs> As is very, very, very clear from the get-go. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense that they would have this dialogue. Um, but, yeah, it's the apocalypse. And they, they even make a point of saying, like, there's a lot of toxicity where we're at right now. But, hey, it's the apocalypse. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Yep. I do love that he still has his What Happens in Limbo shirt, and I am gobsmacked that they're not selling those. <laughs> that is an incredible merch opportunity. Yeah. Take that up with Sci-Fi. Let them know. Yeah. I don't I know want if, one. I don't know who we have to talk to to make that happen, make but the t-shirt. I want that t-shirt. <laughs> I want a lot of the clothes that exist. Yeah. The Zona zip-up. Oh, my gosh. Yes. There's so many the fun. The Zona, like, track jackets. Yep. There's so many good 
the costume department for this series has so been good. on point for years. And why aren't you marketing that sci-fi? <laughs> because they're sci-fi? Um, so what, what these guys, <laughs> what 10K and Doc ultimately uncover uh, is the fact that lithium is the secret ingredient. And? And who are these, who is Tobias working for? Dun, 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 Roman Estes. See, that's where we bum, really bum, needed bum. that sound effect. There we go. There we are. There's a lot of Winner. twists in this one. You are yeah. the man, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that they finally have proof because there's only so much you can sort of go off of when you have a gut that feeling that something isn't right. And him taking away the tape gut feeling that something about this isn't kosher, but it's also understandable in a crisis situation. Like, he took away the tape in episode two, back at the point where we were still trying to figure out what the hell was going on. About the point where Pandora stuck her tongue in his ear (laughs) is the point where we all went, nope, villains. We done. I... As soon as Warren saw the barcode on his wrist and said Zona. Yeah. He was like, yeah, no, he's shady. Do Mm. not trust that man. Nope. (laughs) But I I wouldn't have been, like, at that point, it was still possible to do a bait and switch. But the tongue ear thing was just like, ah, we done. Good night. But again, the only thing our characters have to go off of is that, is the fact that he came from Zona and the fact that he took away the tape and instituted martial law right after a crisis. And the so, fact that Zona made Warren start the Black Rain. <laughs> yeah, Warren's that got, too. Warren has a lot of trust issues with Zona. The super unsuccessful Black Rain. It did not live up to the beta test that we saw. Yeah. It was supposed to disintegrate everything. It just made talkers instead. Congratulations what? on making zombies live longer, what Zona. What happened to the creepy doctor, man? He did. Oh, did he die? Oh, yeah. Didn't we, like, watch him die? I thought him and Keith wrestled, and then Keith came out red, and then nobody acknowledged anything (laughs) because the world was ending again. I don't know, maybe. And then 10K and Sarge had sex. See, this... uh, It's been a while. Four seasons from now, (laughs) he will come back, and no one will acknowledge it, just like Tobias. (laughs) Uh, Philly G Girl in chat says, isn't lithium a medicine to treat people who are bipolar? Yes. I think you're right. Yes, it is. Yeah. In correct doses, not just in biting uh, in a battery. Yeah, no, don't eat batteries. There's acid in there. Just don't. <laughs> this has been your public service I, announcement. If you've ever seen a battery explode and it's just that caustic white stuff all over everything that ruins your electronics, yeah, no, don't eat batteries. The <laughs> the more you know. but It the, ruined our Game Boy. The, the thing that cracked me up about the reveal that it was lithium. For one, it does make sense when you look at it from the sort of medical standpoint, and you you take that in conjunction with brains and everything else that goes into biscuits, it makes sense. But at the same time, I got a huge laugh out of it when they came to the conclusion, oh, it's lithium, because I was like, I... Uh, for for those of you who don't know, there happens to we we were lucky enough to go on set at the beginning of season three, and there is a giant mountain of lithium. That is true. Uh, near w- one of their filming sites, because they they film at abandoned factories a lot of the time, and so there's this giant mountain of lithium in Spokane and so when they said lithium, I was like, oh great, I know where you can get tons of the stuff. 
Do you remember when we asked what they do if there's a breeze? <laughs> and they just kind of moved on. <laughs> we do tour. have a contingency plan for when that happens. So, over here. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, we give them grief, but they're not that crazy. <laughs> oh, goodness. So someone had the genius idea to put lithium in the flower. We still have to figure out who thought that was a good idea and how they came to learn that. I'm hoping... I, oh, go ahead. Well, I have to wonder if it was a talker who found a fix or if it was someone who was initially at that junkyard before it got taken over by New Zona. That's oh. basically what Altura is now. It's New Zona. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a supply chain, if there were other junkyards that do it, and then... New Zona found out, took him over, and that's why we have this mining going on. I would hope that before the season, uh, before the season ends, that we find out who made that discovery and who figured, who put two and two together, that you could, you know, create this concoction and it would help, help fend off turning into a zombie. So that's I'm hoping we find that out, but. I don't know. It might it might just go back around uh, to uh, one of the laboratories at at Altura. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we might end up right back where we came. Although if it was a lab in Altura, I feel like that was information that Sunmay wouldn't have needed to do the whole hey, figure out which part of the brain works in biscuits. Thing. I'm not saying it was her. There are other scientists there. Oh no, I'm saying if they had that information, they wouldn't have been so desperate for it. Or they just wanted her occupied. We shall see. I don't know. I don't know. We, we got like, shall see. We got like three episodes left. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, it's fine. Everything's fine. I know, right? It's like, what? Well, what? S- speaking uh, of sort of the, the whole Altura side of things, let's talk about George and Warren for a little bit. Because just like, you know, we have our Shaggy and Scooby sort of run off and do their thing in this episode. Uh, when we split up, we've got uh, we've got these two. And I love that George immediately went into costume to go undercover. Like, that was just such a joy for me to watch. I love that she said thank you to the talkers <laughs> that she took the clothes from. Like, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but I also think that if these were people from Altura, there was a chance that they might have recognized her if she didn't do that. Notice that she never looked Tobias in the eye. It was even when he was talking to her, it was always a lot of turning away, pulling the hat down. That's true. Mm-hmm. So that's what I read from that. Gotta make sure nobody knows I'm alive. Bye. And while she was doing that, Warren fell in a hole. Yeah, because we get, we, I love that, like, we get sort of creepy, one of my favorite things about well-done horror movies is when creepy stuff happens in the background, like, um, you know, when the, the man in the cloak runs behind Doc and Tenke and nobody notices, and then, like, you know, stuff starts moving around, but, you know, Warren wasn't the one to push that fridge over, or, like, was that just precariously placed, or was it the guy pushing something over to distract people? people it's hard to say um but yeah she ends up accidentally falling into a hole which we i think my favorite like bit was when doc and Tenke were trying to figure out like whether or not they should shoot the guard and then the guard just disappears in a spurt fountain of blood and we see that he got pulled into a hole mm-hmm. so seeing warren disappear into an, a hole exactly the same there was a part of me that was like 
this isn't going to turn into the descent, is it? Like, <laughs> no joke. I would both love and fear that. <laughs> You're just having this moment of, does she have plot armor? How much plot armor does she have? Uh, Luckily, there's armor all around her. Yeah, there's well, so just much. Like, if she was, if she was going to die here, I would have booked her for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> there was so much disguising going on in this episode. It was so fun because, yeah, that's that's one of the ways she ends up sort of being able to shimmy away from this cyborg talker, which again is com- shot in such an obscured way for the majority of the episode. Like you get this indication, you see like bits of him and you see that he's got like metal workings on him, but because it's kept in shadow, you're still like, what's going on with this guy? What's happening? He's like a shredder board. Yes. yes! Oh like my super gosh. shredder at the end of <laughs> the secret of the ooze. <laughs> Why'd you babies. have to bring me down? <laughs> what? That movie. What's wrong that with the movie? secret of the ooze? Wasn't that the second one? Yeah. That movie yeah. gives you the only other classic vanilla ice song. How dare you? <laughs> go, ninja, go, ninja, go. go. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's just it's sillier than the first one, that but one it's still a solid watch. Best oh, it was so three. painful. It's the best of the three. It was so painful to watch. Watch the third one if you want to feel good about the second. Anyway, <laughs> anyway this is not a why review. Why would I put something worse t- in my life to make me feel better about a bad thing well, in my life? Because they time travel with a lamp thing. <laughs> Welcome back to Turtle Talk, our new segment here on Z Nation. <laughs> We're just going to work the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into the last three episodes. It's I fine. don't think we can call it Turtle Talk. Disney will sue us. <laughs> uh, but That's true. he is he is I don't there's one more thing missing I don't know what it would be but it is very Shredder the Spine and Borg but then oh. he's also he made his head metal so mm-hmm. that you can't kill which him which is smart but then he runs out of battery which is funny I um, oh yeah, yeah. No. I love that concept for and it wouldn't even have to necessarily be a talker, but like for a human cyborg or um, just a robot in general, I love the premise of I need to keep consuming power to sustain myself. Like I, I need access to a power source in order to keep going. I love when characters like that pop up in my media. So to see a smart zombie cyborg with that very specific need i was down i was like yes give it to me (laughs) and he had no lines he was just he was great and i just want to speak to the costume people again because i can't it's too many different things and still unique enough to be solely z Z nation's creation and that's so great because we're like it's a cyborg monster thing that's kind of like shredder but not in the 1992, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to traumatize you. Didn't mean to <laughs> ice ice baby. Uh, <laughs> Save that Wait, last bit. We're holding that. Okay. We're holding the note. Uh, Turtle it's power. Just, it's so. <laughs> it's so fantastic and delightful, and just his hand is the saw but he can change it out I think for other tools is the idea you're supposed to have we don't see a different one but like I like to think he could pop different things on there absolutely what Uh, kills me is that even when he runs out of battery because he's a talker he's still in there so mm -hmm. we get that moment of he's trapped in there what do you want he's 
That's that's the scary thing is that he's in a prison essentially of like, his own making. Well, that's my big question is like how much of this did he do to himself and how much of it was done to him? Because I have to feel like some initial part was inflicted upon him, but we don't know. Yeah. I wonder if, like, I keep looking at that leg and going, that's kind of unwieldy. I wonder if that wasn't the first bit. Like, he went down in the mine, he got damaged or messed up in some way, built himself a new part, and then went, why stop there? And then it just went too far. Also afraid of turning and realized batteries were the solution before any of the other talkers ever would have thought. True. To our knowledge, they found out for the first time in the opening sequence. Well, and a, a damaged talker is going to be a soon-to-be-dead talker because mm-hmm. they're using them as slave labor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw these Tobias flippantly Tobias. Kill, killed a guy just for being slow and stumbling a little bit. To prove a point. Yeah, just because he could, which sounds like a classic Tobias move. History is a circle. Yeah. That sounded like <laughs> didn't mean for that to sound that way when it came out. It was just I wanted it to be more time, academic. Time, time, is made up, time, time is made up of circles. That, that is, is why clocks are round. <laughs> yep. Although we do have to talk about that stinger. She's like, all right, well, I want to be mercied, and then just does not stick that landing again. A very tragic end to this character because that was what was he he was relentlessly trying to prevent was being imprisoned he kept trying to get energy so that he could keep going so he wouldn't be in a prison of his own making and then at the end he was in a prison of his own making that's exactly what happened to him and it, that is why you ask someone to mercy you before you go to the trash well, compactor. Well, he made his head a metal head. Yeah, but they've gone up through the chin before. That's true. It also, it reminded me a little not to bring in too many Pixar movies tonight or Disney-owned media, but <laughs> when uh, Sully thinks that Boo is dead oh. in the box and it's, and it's just the eye. Oh, this entire episode was giving me uh, the Brave Little Toaster flashbacks because of that it whole... Is. The, that the fact that it, thing. Yep. Mm. Yep. Uh, so anyway, uh, we are running short on time, so let's go ahead and delve on into some predictions for next time. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. So next time, we're going to a place called Hackertown. Hackerville. Ooh. (laughs) And and Hackerberg. Citizen Z is coming back. So let's start with Katie. What can we expect from next week? Well, for one, I'm expecting the final part of that thing to drop because you're (laughs) killing me. (laughs) Anticipate. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I cannot wait for hashtag Z Nation technology and just recruiting hackers with zombie killing drones. Like, sign me up. This looks like it's going to be full on Z Nation bonkers. I don't really have any predictions. I'm just super super duper excited to see Jason Mewes on this show. Okay, so that wasn't just me. I was like, was that Jay? That yep. looks like Jay. <laughs> Jay from the classic duo, Jay and Silent Bob. I am so happy. Jason Mewes plays a hacker. I can't. Hangs out with Ramona Young and DJ Quad. Wait, no. Qualls. That one. 
<laughs> okay, but Quad City DJs did the train. Names are really hard today. They also did Space Jam. Did. And anyway, we're back to the 90s. It's all the computer nerds and hackers, and they're coming to take over the world and save us all, and I'm excited. I can't wait to see how this next piece factors into Pandora's grand scheme. Like, it's just so fun. I, oh, yeah. I, and she's been one step ahead of them. I fully expect that next episode, yeah, we're going to have... Oh, man, we had a cyborg zombie here. What if we have, like, next time, a straight-up, like, ghost-in-the-machine zombie? Like, where, like, a zombie is actually hooked up to the computer. Like, Matrix-style. Ooh, that's what I'm... That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, zombie hooked up to the computer next week. That's what I think is gonna happen. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is our show for this week. Michelle. <laughs> Patient. <laughs> so, so sorry for all the giggling. Uh, you can find Never me on Twitter apologize. at Michelle underscore Cullen. Katie. Never apologize. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on an Overwatch podcast called On The Point. Uh, and if you haven't already done so, please go to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you guys. And it's the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on. I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also do a Lost Retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, so check it out. Thank you guys so, so much for joining us. We'll see you all next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.